Hello and welcome to our Africa Travel Week Connect Unlock Africa podcast, where we bring the news, views, tips and tricks from tourism experts and personalities, sometimes simply sharing a window on their world and Africa's tourism sector. Joining me today, I have Andrew McAvoy, Head of Tourism at NEOM, leading the creation of the world's most ambitious destination development, where diverse natural habitats and a rich untold heritage story meets the tourism of tomorrow. Andrew tells us about this incredible new destination in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and how regenerative tourism should be on everyone's radar. Tell us a little bit about your background, um, what your life's passion is, what keeps you up at night. Yeah. Um, hopefully nothing keeps me up at night. I like to get some sleep. Um, my background, uh, 25 plus years in the tourism travel category, but also in, in the media business, digital leading teams, all that stuff. Company director, chairman of Australian Stock Exchange listed companies, um, investor in startups generally, tech startups and other businesses. Um, Claim to fame, probably a lot of people remember me as the CEO of Tourism Australia for about five years um, when we developed a plan called Tourism 2020. We developed that plan in 2009 and that was a very successful growth plan that was more than marketing. It was physical product development and investment. It was aviation attraction. It was a focus on service levels and all that sort of stuff. And it was about the doubling the value economically uh, to be a profitable, you know, sustainable sector, which I think Australia's done reasonably well at. So, yeah, that that's me. You know, that's my sort of bent. What's my passion? Oh, look, I really do believe in travel and tourism as a it's almost soft diplomacy. It's people to people connection. I think it's a big economic gen- generator. It's something that a lot of developing countries can certainly participate in and do participate in. And I think it actually makes us all more human because we see each other in our own environment. So that, that, that'd be a passion in my family and uh, yeah, but, and hopefully then sleeping well. <laughs> and bringing, bringing this new regenerative tourism concept to Saudi Arabia, I know Saudi Arabia is putting a lot of effort and investment into building their uh, tourism product you know, your role as being a pioneer in that space, how, do, how does that make you feel? Yeah, great. I mean, Neom is literally a new country. It's a country within a country. You know, it's obviously part of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Um, King, the Kingdom has big 2030 ambitions um, and tourism is a big part of that. They have numbers generated ambitions, but also this whole idea of um, the Saudi Green Initiative um, I guess they're looking for a life well beyond oil. They've got uh, incredible efficiency in that space, but in a future world, how can they be part of that as well? So it's everything from uh, renewable energy, um, you know, better use of water. I mean, it's an arid, dry land, and they've got to be clever with the way they utilise it. So, yeah, from a tourism perspective, it's really quite appealing because having done a lot of work in this sector for a long time, when you get asked to come and basically build a new country, build a new destination. That's pretty exciting. So it's almost a cliche amongst the people who work here. And there are over 2,000 people work here now. When I started, there was probably 200. So it's really come on. But it's a big vision, 26,500 square kilometres, Neon. It's a beautiful landscape, you know, high mountains that get snow in the winter, 
colourful deserts, you know, the red, the yellow, the white, the gypsum, 450 kilometres of Red Sea coastline, um, 41 islands, incredible coastal and island reefs. Um, yeah, if you had to sort of paint a picture of a country to develop, this could be it. So that's the opportunity. But I guess Neom is more than that. It's, it's that environment. It's an untold heritage story. And then it's the tourism of tomorrow, which is where the regenerative thing comes in. Before we go into that uh, regenerative tourism piece, I- I'm very excited by the diversity of or the value proposition that you are talking about um, for Neom. And, and not really knowing Saudi Arabia as a destination. I, I wondered from your, wearing your ex-Tourism uh, Australia hat, and we, you know, in Africa deeply admire the way that um, Australia has marketed its tourism value proposition. What are some of the learnings that you um, are applying that you received in that Tourism Australia stint into the NEOM uh, example? Yeah, I, I think um, that's a good question because I think we can learn from what others have done and Tourism Australia or South Africa, which we also have a lot of regard and respect for, and destinations all around the world. And we, we have the opportunity to not make the mistakes as well as learn from the best. So the things that I would have learned from, say, Tourism Australia is some basic things. Access to the destination is key. So if people can't get to and through you quickly and efficiently, you'll struggle. You know, you'll be a niche. So the whole idea of, um, you know, you know, airports and airlines and stuff is really important. Um, uh, the other big one is is infrastructure supplied. At the moment, we have limited or no hotels, so it's tough to put anyone anywhere. But um, but I do think that what we build in the future will have this sort of circular economy approach. So can what we build be repurposed? Can it go back into the ground? Or you know, so that that thinking around building incredible physical structures, but also that they have uh, some environmental consciousness about them. So so that's sort of supply. And in supply, uh, what hasn't changed in tourism is people want to have some joy and fun when they go. So what are the things that people are looking for? But what has changed a bit? We're far more focused on our passion points. We want to learn more when we travel. We want time out with the gang. So how do we actually create experiences that allow those things to happen? We leave thinking, I had a great time, but I learned something. I got closer to my friends or relatives or whatever. Um, and I want to go back and I want to tell other people about it. And I felt like I was part of something that's really important. So that's becoming more important for everyone, but particularly perhaps millennials. I think the other thing we've learned, and not maybe not just from Tourism Australia, from anywhere, is that what role can technology play? And I'd argue that in the travel sector, we've been pretty hopeless. Um, Technologies are actually done a great job of making things easier in most other sectors in the world, except for travel. It's harder to travel than ever before. And that's partly things like terrorism and partly things like pandemics and all that. But frankly, the technology exists now that we could make sort of our airport and uh, hotel uh, check ins and transfers easier. And we haven't done it. So I think Neom will take the pain points out of travel. Your face will be your biometrics. You'll walk through an airport. You'll be pre-checked in a hotel. You'll have a code to get into your room. If you want some human interaction, you can absolutely have it. But you have to stand in front of a, a lovely receptionist whose head is into a computer for 10 minutes, pass your passport over, get a photograph. We won't be doing that stuff. So I think there's technology can enable. But I'll, the final point about technology would be tech wonderment. How do you use technology to give people wonder? So 
you know, artificial intelligence, VR, AR, hologram, everyone talks about these things, but basically sound and light shows, drones, there's so much out there that could bring to life our destinations better than what perhaps we've done it. They could tell our heritage stories better. They could tell our cultural stories better. So yeah, lots of stuff there, I'll tell you, but I think there's lots of things we can learn from. And as I said, building a new place, our chance is to learn from the mistakes and give people the better future by, you know, building for that. I love that. High touch, high tech, um, helping yeah. people be better versions of themselves. That's why we travel after all. Sometimes we forget that. You know, we, we often talk about inbound tourism from the perspective of a traveler coming into a destination, but um, I'm curious about how Neom delivers an attractive environment and sense of place for its locals first, because if we can get our locals to really engage with the destination, that automatically brings those international travelers and makes sure that they're having that experience of a lifetime that you were talking about. How does Neom uh, do that for the local, the local population of Saudi Arabia? Yeah, that, 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 that's a really fair point because I think anywhere I go in the world, the places that locals go tend to be the places I want to hang out because there's a reason the locals go there because they're really good. The food's good or the beach is better or whatever. So what number one, Neom will be a city of, you know, one, two, three million people eventually. So the livability of the city, we're on the Red Sea coast. Jordan is just above us. Yakuba Gulf off separates from Egypt. We watch the sunset over Egypt each night. We're on this beautiful coastline. So we have a great natural environment. The weather here, uh, because it's on the coast, is probably eight to 10 degrees cooler than other Saudi weather. We have a mountain where you can actually be 12 degrees cooler during the summer. So we've got a great temperate climate, but a Mediterranean style climate, which is you know lovely. So, so the livability factor, we have a sports sector headed by a lady called Jan Patterson, who was sort of the number two on the 2012 Olympics. And she's trying to make locals the most active people on earth. So in our city, there'll be no streets. So you'll have autonomous and other vehicles to get you around. You'll have fast transport underneath the ground, but we want you to walk and bike and maybe you can scooter and stuff as well. So, but also we will have a lot of assets for people to play sport, whether it's um, technology-induced sport or, you know, the sort of sport that I grew up with. So th- the fact is that we'll have a very active population celebrating this beautiful natural environment in cities that work, that are cognitive, that understand you. And this is where technology is going to come in that will we'll understand you well. So, but then there's these awesome places that are beautiful, like we live here and uh, there's a coral reef off a place called Head the Beach, which I drive to in 10 minutes and I walk out into the opening scene and finding Nemo, uh, and it's 20 metres off the coast. You know, um, in the summer when it's a bit warm, I go up the mountain and camp like in a little valley up in the mountain, 2,500 metres above sea level. In the winter, it snows there. Um, you know, we've got these things that we we love because we're locals that we can tell tell the world, world about. And it's actually going to be a, probably a management issue as much as anything because there's so many beautiful places how do we not ruin them? That's where the regenerative thing comes in. Yeah, that's such a good point. We're seeing, we've seen, you know, this ability to reset and to really rethink how we do tourism in a responsible, sustainable way. And responsible tourism is a term that's been thrown around so, for so, so many years. 
and really not understanding and internalizing what that actually means for a destination. So maybe let's talk a little bit about regenerative tourism. For those of us that are not familiar with the term, what, what is the definition? What is regenerative, regenerative tourism? I think there is, has been a lot of jargon in, in the tourism space about what is sustainability. There's been leave no trace, there's ecotourism, there's, uh, you know, all these things. I think what regenerative is, is where the tourist or the visitor and the people that run tourism are actually part of the solution. So it's about leaving a place better than you found it. Can tourists or visitors and what they spend and what they do mean that we're replenishing things. So for Neon specifically, the land isn't pristine. It's been overgrazed, overfished, overhunted. Um, the water aquifers have been drained away. So we're working now to see if we can bring the aquifers up and to reforest places. We're working now to stop hunting. So can you bring back the ibex, the oryx? Uh, we're going to bring back some of the animals that were here, the ostrich, the, the cheetah, the wolf, um, some of the bird life. So that's rewilding, reforestation, Arabian savannah that we can have replant when the aquifers come up. Make sure the beautiful dome palms are sustained and grown in greater number. Um, not just protect our current reefs, but we've, we've announced that we're building the world's biggest coral garden to regrow reef for us and for the world. So can we get our scientists focused on how we replenish reefs? So, and when you come, Natalia, to our destination, we've got, there's an Arabic word, word called tawazan, tawazan, and tawazan means balance. So we want you to have a great time, but we want, want you also to have a guilt-free holiday. So we'll know what you did, and, you know, by our digital identification, we'll be able to communicate with you to give you the best experience possible. But through that, we'll also get some information back. And when you leave, we want to give you what we call a regenerative receipt. So when you leave, Natalie, we want to say, thank you for being in Neom. What you spent and what you did contributed to the rewilding, the reforestation, the building of coral, local employment, et cetera. Because we want to set up a system where money spent by visitors goes back into uh, the destination. So that's the, that's the theory and can we turn it into reality? And that's what we think is regenerative because that's where a tourist or a visitor comes, they spend money, have a good time, and they've actually made a, a positive contribution because we've helped them make that positive contribution. That's interesting. I mean, we, we do a lot of work in, in terms of prevention in Africa. So conservation so that we don't get to the stage where we have overfished or where um, we have poaching to those, in those conservation areas where the wildlife is decimated. This is, this is kind of looking at it through a, a different lens. And I wonder, are there any examples of where this is happening in the world already? You guys are, are, you know, pioneering something amazing, but is there anything that we already have as a baseline that we can look at? I think you're right. A lot of destinations have had to almost stop and go back. You know, you look at Boracay in the Philippines or you look at the Galapagos or, you know, these guys got done over and they've had to say, oh, cool your jets, even the Grand Canyon, you know. And the thing about particularly reefs and deserts is they're really easy to damage. They're really hard to get back. Great Barrier Reef in Australia is another great example where, you know, farming and sediment and shipping and development have really, you know, as well as obviously global warming have really damaged it. So I think most examples in the world are where people are trying to get back their beautiful natural environments. And we're doing that as well because it's not, as I said, pristine, but we can begin as we meant to go on, you know, and I think 
we can set our tourism system because there's no one coming here yet that uh, you have to almost sign a pledge. I and mean, we're not going to make it too onerous, but that you, you're going to come and have a good time. We want you to do that, but you're going to be a contributor to a, to the positive growth. I mean, a lot of our other sectors, as tourism is one sector, as I said, will be a city of millions of people. So the energy sector, the water sector, NEOM is the new future. And, and we're trying to be the new future of a lot of things, water, power, sport, tourism, health and wellbeing, biotech, et cetera. But in the energy space, um, we, we're looking at carbon capture or sequestration. We're looking at, um, we've got a lot of wind, we've got a lot of sun. Uh, so how do we do that? We've got a lot of seawater, so desalination done properly where we use the brine appropriately. So all of those projects cost money. And if we can uh, utilise some of the money spent by visitors to, the, to this country, to this place, in doing those projects well, you'll have contributed. I also think that there's that voluntourism thing idea that as we do the rewilding, you know, if you came and you were part of reintroducing the ostrich to this land and you had a two-week program to do that, Natalia, you'd have a ball and you'd go away feeling pretty good about yourself as well, that you'd help, you know, regenerate a, 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 um, a bird that was here for, for centuries. So those sorts of things are the things that we're thinking about as we, as we begin. Lovely. Well, you know, timing is everything. So uh, the pandemic has been bad for, for many of us, but I'm wondering the extent to which the pandemic has actually influenced a, a regenerative mindset um, in, in people, in travellers. What's your opinion? Oh, the world has sort of had to wake up. And I think Venice is an example where they're now putting gates on Venice to not let people in unless they have an overnight stay or they pay a good amount of money because they know that they were ruining Venice and Locals were leaving, 30 million people coming and 55,000 live there. It's sort of pretty sad and wrong. So I think that, that, that on those big cases, people have done the reset. Um, I do think customers and consumers are thinking much more. COP26 is an example about my carbon footprint, my travel miles, my food miles. Probably when I was running tourism Australia, <laughs> I'm not being cynical, but it was there was a lot of greenwashing in travel. You paid the extra $2 on your airfare to offset your carbon and people planted a tree. I think it's moved beyond that. I think the, the millennial, the Gen Z and us as a Gen, Gen X and even beyond the boomers, that we're all actually genuinely saying, you know, we've got a, you know, Houston, we have a problem. We need to fix some stuff. So I do think that, you know, it is much more real in the customer's mind, which means that's important. That said... As I said at the beginning, it's got to be fun too. You've got to have a good time. Tourism shouldn't be so dour and serious that um, we're all trying to save the world every day. I think you've got to, you know, hopefully still get a bit of nice sun and 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 enjoy yourself and and learn something as you go. You were talking about this um, neon being more than tourism, um, but I'm interested from a, a tourism perspective, how I as a tourism stakeholder, even, you know, just within Africa and a small community can adopt a, a regenerative approach to the way that I do tourism. Do you have any thoughts around that? I think everyone should just look at, um, that they should know and understand what what they generate in terms of carbon and uh, emissions, methane, uh, where, where did their food come from? How did people get to see them? So how far have they come from? What is their view? Is it a mix? It's not hard to do. If you can sort of figure that out, you sort of know what impact you're having uh, on the environment and on. And also, I think a lot of brands are coming up with 
they want it. They want the authenticity of the destination. So how are we engaging locals, true indigenous locals, to be part of what, what the story we tell? So I think there's a good example. I think with a, a company called Habitats. Habitats they do uh, you know off grid tented style stuff. I mean Africa is the best in the world at this stuff. These guys actually grew up in in Mexico, but their whole philosophy, if you read and if you go online, is around how do we engage locals who deliver the experiences, which for me as a visitor makes it a cooler experience. How do we create our camp so that it's a community so people come in? And then how do we actually make sure that the way we built it, the way we run it, is as sustainable as it can possibly be? So there's an example of a company that's doing that. So I think if we all just think about that, it doesn't have to be, you know, as I said, so dour and sincere that it's not still fun. But I think if everyone just sat at their kitchen table tonight and wrote down, where do my visitors come from? Where do I get my food? Uh, how's, what is my power source? Um, and just start to think, think about that. You'd probably make just a couple of changes, which may well be good for the bottom line, but would certainly be more appealing to the customer and I think would be better for the world. So to me, we just got to start doing those simple exercises. We just got to start. And I think that's, you know, the thing that most people see this journey as a destination and it's entirely overwhelming to see it as a destination. But if you were just doing tomorrow better than you did today, it's a step in the right direction, essentially. And Yes. Are we talking about progression? Do you have any insights on how regenerative tourism is going to evolve in the middle to long-term future or is that crystal ball still in the cupboard? Yeah, I don't think people are going to go, I'm going on a regenerative tourism holiday. Um, I think it's more a function of what we do as destinations and operators, you know, so that what I think we're going to say is um, we're not going to boast about it, but, you know, we're going to do it because it's the right thing. If you do that genuinely, I think you become more appealing to the customer. They find that stuff out, you know, they're going to start looking for it. So I think in the future, we're not going to say, let's go on the regenerative tourism holiday. But I think people will say, oh, we've got that choice or that choice. Um, I really love what these guys are doing. You know, uh, if I go there, they're giving back or they're making sure I'm, you know. So I do think that that is perhaps the future. And I look at my kids, 2018, 16, uh, without trying, they're just more aware. And if when they take their trips, I think they're going to be thinking a little bit more about that than perhaps I did when I was 20 or 18. Our audience is very much Africa. Um, so I'm curious to hear from you what lessons you think we can learn on the African continent from the Neom example. I think Africa is teaching us a lot of things as well, you know, and I look at a place like Namibia where they've got low volume, high value tourism and they involve the locals, you know, those 40 sort of communities of people that actually are engaged, fully engaged. And you look at the price points being charged, my goodness, you know, it's it's um, clearly low volume, high value, hopefully profitable business. So to me, there are, and, you know, South Africa as well, there's Botswana, there's some great stuff happening, you know, and I think also the other thing I love about South Africa and Africa generally is you've pioneered the off-grid you know, the, the tented stuff and all that sort of stuff. You've learned and had to celebrate your wildlife, you know. So I think there's a lot we can learn from Africa, by the way. But that said, all destinations, Australia and Africa included, um, just need to probably go to the heart of the mindset of the customer of today and tomorrow and think, what do they want? This should be a customer-centric thing. Then the, the noble pursuit of saving the world aside, 
we have to make money so that we're sustainable. So that's all still pretty true. If you want to make money, though, I think more and more this stuff's important. So what can they learn from perhaps Neom? Is it, it's never too late to start. That, you know, Saudi KSA has been a big oil producer, a big carbon emitter, but is a really honest country. And he's saying we have a net chance now to go the other way and we need to for the future and we're going to do something about it. So the line is our city and we've literally drawn the line in the sand to say we're, we're stepping over it to go into this new future. We want to do it genuinely. Um, we want to do it with great passion and we want to do it with great joy. So maybe Neon can start to export some of that stuff. Quite specifically, I think we're going to be cutting edge on things like um, the use of robotics, uh, the use of um, the, the, the development of energy solutions, um, et cetera. So they're the sort of really practical things that I think we could probably export to the world when we get, when we get good at them. And we'll be watching closely, Andrew. Last question for you. Tell us something about you that someone who knows you well would be surprised to hear about you. Uh, I think they'd be surprised to hear that, um, I don't know, that I'm quite conservative because I come across as quite gregarious and open and I don't know, maybe uh, I do that, but then I have to draw the line at some point and I just need to go and decompress and have my own space. I love my own space. So whether it's swimming laps or it's uh, jogging or, you know, just sitting quietly and listening to music, uh, I really need that every day. And if I don't get it, because uh, I think a lot of times, particularly in these sorts of roles, people are high energy people but you have another side to you. So maybe that would be surprising to some people. Well, you live in the, you, it sounds like you live in the right place to be able to decompress. So um, totally, 100%. Yeah, it does, it really does. Andrew, it's been an absolute joy to meet you and also to talk to you about regenerative tourism. I will certainly be watching the neon space very, very closely to see what little secrets we can learn from here in the Africa context. And I wish you everything of the best with the project. It's a big vision. So, um, you're going to have a lot of work ahead. No, thanks, Natalia. Great pleasure to speak to you. Have a great week. Cheers. All the best. And there you have it. Andrew McAvoy from Neom sharing how regenerative tourism is more than a trend or a fad and a journey we can all embrace as we develop tourism more consciously in a post-pandemic world. Andrew, we thank you for sharing your insights with us and look forward to following the Neom journey. <laughs>